You've seen a lot of the difficulties we've had. You know, we think back to the drought year. 2012 was a pretty rugged year for most guys around here. There's years when double cropping made some very good sense. And now here we are with high input costs, but um, equally high, if not more, uh, commodity prices. But as you look at the landscape, taking all of your experience into mind, what are those conversations that you're having now with farm families based on where we are? Well, yeah, you know, a lot of us haven't ever seen prices like this. Probably one of the biggest concerns is where is inflation headed? And my crystal ball is pretty cloudy on that as to where this this is going. Um, We started seeing specifically in the agriculture side of things, inflation probably a year ago. Prime example, some equipment sales, just because you couldn't get that new seed tender grain cart, or if they did, maybe six months you might get it, or a year you might get it. (laughs) We started seeing it at auctions, good quality used equipment for going 50% over what cost of new was, but you couldn't get new. So people were willing, and partially, again, because we've come off a couple good years in our immediate area, income-wise, thanks to yields and prices, so people had the extra cash to go ahead and, and pay that premium to get things. So We've seen that inflation in the agriculture side, especially in the equipment industry, for a good year now. It's starting to flow over into a lot of other items. A concern right now some have is most people have their inputs for 2022 covered. But what are we going to do heading into 2023? Yeah. If 40% of our fertilizer comes from Russia or Europe, if they can't get it shipped to us, if they won't sell it to us, what are we going to do? Inputs, most suppliers were, you know what, if you bought from us last year and you bought X amount, we've got you covered for that again for this year. So for 2022, you know, we've got the seed, we've got the fertilizer, we've got the chemicals, we're pretty good. There are some question marks heading into 2023, especially on the fertilizer side of things. Are we going to have those input items and at what cost? Well, that's been part of the problem. It's difficult for the providers of those products to actually give me a price, you know, because it's changing so quickly. Boy, that makes it awfully difficult to plan ahead. But let's move over to the farm bill. The farm world's position on crop insurance and the farm bill has always been do no harm. And the concern is that radical climate change could put the risk management system in jeopardy. Instead, incentives should reward farmers. The position that I'm hearing from like folks at the Farm Bureau that incentives should reward farmers for their actions without upending actuarial soundness. What are you hearing about that? Because I know that we, you know, we're hearing a lot from the folks in Washington, D.C. about the fact that uh, current balance of power in D.C. is looking at trying to attach a lot of climate change issues and uh, things that have to do with conservation to behaviors in the farm bill. So that point there that I'm hearing them say is, is let's figure out how to do that and, and give incentives and reward farmers for good conservation practices rather than connecting it to everything. What are you hearing? And give us some thoughts. I know of one individual that was at the crop insurance conferences and said it was touched on briefly. We have several midterm elections going on, so the the landscape in Washington could change quite a bit as farm bill discussions go on. So what's being discussed today could look a lot different 
a year from now. I think in the years that I've been in the banking and been in the crop insurance, it's been give us just a good sound multi-parallel product, a few other options we can add on to it. Let's leave it as is. The majority of farmers do the right thing. A lot of the options, as we talked, the pace, the split, applied nitrogen product, that was very conservation driven. And we do need to be very conservation minded, but let's don't tie if you do A, then you can get B. Let's just come out with some good, solid products. Yeah. Somewhat leave crop insurance where it's at. It doesn't need really tweaked too much. They add in a little bit of something different each year in some areas of, of the country. And that's something we also have to keep in mind is for the small crop say California, they need a completely different type of crop insurance product than right. what we need you know, here in Indiana. So I think from what I have gathered as crop insurance is today, everybody understands it. Everybody pretty well likes it. It, it works. It's part of the risk management tool. Let's just kind of leave it as is. If we need to come in with some different things along climate change, okay, let's look at those, but let's don't tie the two together. Yeah. Tim Tobias, thanks yeah. so much for your time. Sure appreciate it. Always a good time to have a chat with you. Well, thank you, Rob. Always uh, enjoy visiting with you and listening to your shows on Saturdays and throughout the week. Podcasts by Federated Media.